All right, guys. Uh, we are not meeting in a diner in Lakeland, unlike I believe. Who was your athletic director at the time, Brandon? Um, when Leroy went over to the diner and they that worked out the terms. That had to have been Steve Orsini. Yes, uh, it was. It was he, Steve Orsini. He took over for Steve Sloan. Uh, Steve Sloan was the AD in the, most of the 1990s, and the early part of 2000s. Then Orsini took over, then Tribble. Stansberry and well, George O'Leary for a little while was the interim, and now we're to Danny White. So, so and um, that was a famous meeting. I was actually um, somewhat uh, there. I I was there actually in the office when Leroy came back from that um, event, and we were like, "Oh God, well, I guess we're going to do this." And and USF had always said that's something that they didn't want to do, but I believe the state legislator's name was Lee Constantine. And yes. he was the one who really pushed forward to to try and make it happen. And so um, Leroy acquiesced. They signed a four game deal. And the first thing every USFN was, well, we got to win all four. And there's, somehow there, miraculously they did. It almost didn't there at the end. There, there's two two things that I want to bring up. Do you remember where was the diner? What was the restaurant? So there was a diner somewhere like halfway between both schools. That's Is it just they, like, a, like a mom and pop kind of place? Was it a yeah. chain? Do you? Yeah, it was like a mom and pop type of place. It wasn't okay, like. Does a, anyone know? And now, like, is it still open? Like, should there be like a historical marker, you know, in front of it? You know, you know we should have. We should honestly, whatever the sign is outside, that should have been the trophy. Forget the I four trophy. <laughs> <laughs> we should have made that the trophy for the game. And, you know, as far as as that initial uh, scheduling of the series, the way I recall is it was part of USF's agreement when they left Conference USA to join the big East is that they had to schedule four right. games against conference USA opponents. So it made sense to make it UCF. So there was a little something there. It wasn't like they decided, well, it's just, it's finally time to play UCF. They kind of had to do something when they left CUSA. Yeah, they were, there was a, there was a four game deal and the, the, they worked it out. So, so that UCF got all four of the games. I know that USF was, trying to get some other opponents in there quite frankly um mm-hmm. but it it's it's the way it worked out i don't i don't blame ucf for doing it i would have done the exact same thing um when you've got the leverage you got to take advantage of it <laughs> and um so yeah usf uh, after all of that stuff and somehow found a way and then did everything to try and go away and then uh conference realignment happens and all of a sudden you go from our well we don't know those guys to hey guys what are you guys doing you want to pair up and uh <laughs> It's been a sort of a roller coaster. Really, it's, it's it's been a while, but I mean, I vividly remember that first game, uh, 2005, because you know people kind of UCF fans think about 2005. You know, that was the first, you know, big turnaround season, first bowl. You know, the bowl year. You know, winning uh, the conference uh, division. Um, but you know, when UCF and USF played early in the season, they were UCF was still in the losing streak. And, yeah. you know, dating back from 2004. And I believe at that point it was 0-17. That, that was going, going, going to be the 17th. And I remember uh, I had media credentials walking around um, the UCF bench. And there were fans that had all the losses and the scores. And they just kind of had a you know sheet of paper, a flyer. And they kind of made this kind of chain of, of losses kind of hanging it over the players that, yeah, that was hilarious. But that's kind of the thing. I don't really remember what happened in the game. I know UCF lost. But I just kind of remember that and just, you know, the fans bringing signs and yelling and you know, it was it was a lot of fun, though. <laughs> that was it was a it was a crazy atmosphere. It was, it was maybe almost a little too rowdy in 05. And as those games at Ray J got a little too loose. And I I think last year you know, or two years ago when we went over there, it was much calmer. And I think everybody started to, 
you know, when two schools don't know how to really do a rivalry thing, because neither one has ever had to, um, maybe the fans get a little too into it and some people take it a little too far. It seems to me like that's dialed back a little bit. Um, it certainly was more muted the last, you know, couple of games that I've seen. Although I, I, I know we may talk about this in a minute. It seems like the official USF alumni tailgate is in the law or in a, in a ballroom at a holiday inn. Yes. Miles away from K- what is up with that? And, and if you read the actual, you know, you've, I'm sure you've gone to the site usfalumni.org. You know, it maintains it's going to be a safe and friendly environment. It will be controlled by you know security guards. And it's like, what do they? I mean, yeah, I know you. You know, both schools have terrible, some terrible fans. You know, you would agree. USF Absolutely. has people. I will tell you, UCF has bad fans that get drunk and rowdy. And, do things they shouldn't do to opposing fans. But the way that reads, it's like, come on, man. It's just, you know, find a place on campus, you know, get a couple of cops to kind of make sure nothing bad happens. And just, that's just, as a, you know, who wants to tailgate in a, in a holiday Inn express, my God. Yeah. You know, it, it did make sense to me. I was wondering, I didn't check where the hotel was. I, is it one of those places? Like if, when you get off the, like on four thirty four, as you're like, yeah, it's, it's going, it's closer to the intersection of Alafaya and highway 50 colonial drive. I mean, it's not okay. even really on campus. It's not any, I mean, it's, it's, it's in the campus area, but I mean, it'd right. be like, you know, having a tailgate at the university mall or something, you know, in temple terrace, you know, it'd be over that way. So, um, so let me, I will say this to, in, in defense of our alumni association and, and they've done two events this year. They did one at San Jose and one at Tulane that I went to and both first class and they've done a really good job that, and it, I know it sounds crazy, but that is a legitimate, honest concern for, especially some of our older fans, which are of course our alumni association caters to that has actually right. been a legitimate concern over the years. They, you know, the Woolard tires and, you know, I, I told the story on the Banneret podcast, but my, my roommate was Rocky and I literally had to pull him away from, from people who wanted to fight him and were trying to take his head off and all this kind of stuff <laughs> at, at, at Ray J. And, and I was still working there at the time. And, and I literally had to like physically carry him out. I mean, there's, crazy stuff has happened. It's gotten a little too much. The parking lot, I, I forget if it was 05 or 07. I think it was 05. The parking lot was so bad. I think, um, I think the Tampa sports authority charged USF extra for the cleanup after the game, because it was that, <laughs> that trashed. Um, and it had to be, it, had, it would have had to have been 05 because 07, I think most of you guys left early and that wasn't, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't blame you either, um, for that game. Yeah. So, it's been up and down. It's been crazy. But before we get into this year and this edition, I want to talk to you. As you said, you were on the sidelines in 05. So you've been doing this. You've been with rivals now for how long and, and how much uh, have you seen of this program? Yeah. I mean, I've been following UCF pretty intently, um, I guess, dating back to the 1997 season. Um, you know, it's one of those things I was, I was in in high school and you kind of, you know, get on the internet, you know, the internet was, was, you know, exploding at that time. And, you know, you have certain, certain interests and everything and you start finding sites. And I found a UCF message board, um, back around that time frame. So I was kind of cool. So it's one of those things you, you put in your favorites list or your bookmarks. And so you actually became a, a, a bigger fan. You know, I was in, grew up in the winter park Orlando area and, and UCF had just gone division one, uh, one a the previous year. And, and, you know, so I was, you know, aware of the program and I was a fan of college football, but I just wasn't, you know, when I was a younger kid, just wasn't interested because, in UCF so much, um, just cause they played at a lower level. They were one, one double a program. So kind of got into it when I was, you know, during my, my high school years. And so that's got kind of go back to those, 
Dante Culpepper seasons, uh, junior, senior years and going to games. And that kind of eventually led to, you know, playing around on the internet, putting, I mean, I don't think people use the word blog back then, but you know, remember everyone had like a, a website on like geo cities or tripod and angel fire and like these different sites. And so, you know, you playing around, you know, it's the internet. This is so, so cool, you know, kind of thing. And I was playing around and, and I made a, um, you know, back then, you know, with recruiting and commitments, there wasn't really one place where all that information was stored. You know, some of the newspapers would kind of do it, but they mainly would only would kind of get into it as we got closer to signing day. And and I just kind of made a little um, a little website that just kind of had, you know, just kind of chronicled news and, you know, with the day like, you know, you know, but you know, you'd pick up those magazines. If you, I don't know if you guys remember this. Like, remember you go to uh, Books a Million. There'd be like these little recruiting magazines that would oh, come yeah. out, like sure. November, November, December, and like you don't even know who these guys are. You just see a name. He's from you know somewhere, and these are his like schools that he's looking at. And so you kind of take information from there, and you know you were manually going to newspaper websites and seeing if they had anything written about their players. So I was just kind of just compiling information um, and putting it on this GeoCities website. And it was around that time, I guess it was uh, early to mid-1999, is when, you know, Rivals started. And, you know, people were, you know, pouring all kinds of crazy millions into all these internet startups and stuff. And they were like, you know, they wanted to have someone uh, publish a website for every every Division One school. And they first went to, I guess, where the dominant message board was at the time. The person was actually the multimedia rights holder for for UCF. And, you know, they kind of had their own thing. They published a magazine. They just weren't they weren't interested in, you know, affiliating with rivals. So, you know, whoever was in charge of finding someone out there to say, hey, you want to do a site? They found my very modest UCF recruiting, you know, blog slash website. And I got an email said, Hey, you know, we're rivals, you know, we're starting up, you know, you want to do a UCF site, we'll give you a thousand dollars signing bonus. I'm like, what? A thousand dollars. Are you kidding me? I'm like, right. you know, I was, I was in high school. This is fantastic. I mean, that was like a lot of money. And then sure. they were like, then they're like, Oh, you, you can publish the, uh, the trans America athletic conference site. You know, that was, the precursor to the Atlantic Sun, you know, the conference UCF was in at that time, you know, sports besides football. So I got another another thousand oh dollars. So it was God. like I was like just just in, in 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 heaven. I'm like this was this is unreal. And so that's it, it was very modest means, you know, at, at the very early days, you know, it was still a fan based, you know, I was didn't come up, you know, kind of that media. You know, but, you know, as, as the site, it was always kind of been a side thing. And, you know, through the years and, you know, I kind of learned what I was doing. I really had no clue what I was doing at the very beginning, but I got <laughs> credentialed. Um, there was kind of some growing pains early just because, you know, in those days, I wouldn't say it was necessarily anything I was doing, but just schools were kind of hesitant to accept Internet sites and kind of, you know, consider them peers to newspapers and radio outlets and other traditional media outlets. So there was kind of some growing pains to, to that end. But, you know, I'd say since the mid 2000s, and I know you guys have a similar background, you know, it, when Internet websites, have, you know, pretty much of the dominant you know media force now, honestly. Um, so, yeah, so it's kind of grown since since then I've been doing it. I'd say I've been doing it full time, um, at least, you know, I guess as far as the, the time that I dedicate to it since probably around 06, 07 time period. But yeah, I've, I've seen a lot, um, you know, been to a lot of games, been the majority of the road games, at least these past, you know, eight or nine years. 
And uh, yeah, so I, I remember, I mean, I remember uh, the USF message boards from back in the late nineties and the fans kind of going oh, at yeah. it and, you know, <laughs> you know, do they need to schedule UCF? I remember, you know, Gene McDowell, who was the head coach at UCF, you know, prior to Mike Cruz at kind of making some jabs, you know, at USF when they were starting a program and, you know, USF fans getting all upset about that. And then USF, you know, didn't want to play UCF. So I've kind of, you know, I've been around a long time to kind of, you know, can appreciate where the rivalry was even years before the, the two schools played in 05. Yeah. And it's been, yeah, I mean, you've seen it, I mean, even longer than I have this sort of like really strange journey, this long, strange trip from, you know, USF not, you know, trying to deny the existence. And now, now we're, now we've got a trophy game. And I think it seems like, you know, if we're ever going to get out of this morass that we're in and our whopping $2.5 million a year in meteorites, which is just not going to ever be enough for us to sustain the kind of programs that we want to sustain. Uh, we're kind of joined at the hip now for, for better and for worse. And so, and, yeah, I, I think, I think fans now, I mean, now that the schools are basically on, on the same level being in the same conference that, you know, even though the, the, the hatred is there to, to a certain degree, I think everyone agrees that we're both in this together right. and, you know, fans get upset when they see USF not ranked. It's not like they're rooting for USF, but they're like, come on. <laughs> college football playoff. What are you doing? You know, we know maybe the strength of schedule for USF isn't great. I know you would agree. There's no reason they shouldn't be in there somewhere 20 to 25 range, you know? And so us, USF fan, you, you, I mean, UCF fans can recognize that. And I don't know if they want to see USF do well, but they do want to see them get credit when they do deserve it. Right. And, and that, and that's why these rankings today are such a joke. You guys got jumped by a three loss team that be, that beat a Ford seven opponent over the weekend. That's just, that's humiliating. And, and, and I, it's absolutely insane. And I don't know like what, and, and it has, it has a negative impact. I mean, you know, with Scott Frost, you know, I, I don't really know what he's going to do if, if he wants another job. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of offers for him. I, right now, you know, from, you know, j- he's a very hard guy to read, but I think he's coming back to UCF next year, just based on a lot of different things. I'm not saying he's staying at UCF forever, but there comes a point where, you know, if say UCF, wins on Friday, wins a conference championship. I mean, goes to a New York, New York six bowl. That's, that's the peak. You can't do any, any better than that at a group of five school. You know, you can't right now under this current system, you're, there's no way you're going to crack that to ever get close to the top four. You know, even if UCF did that and, you know, maybe they feel like they'd have to rank a little bit higher next year. I mean, even if UCF went undefeated this year and next, which is a complete stretch, I'm not saying that's going to happen. It's so hard to go undefeated one year, let alone two. Even if that happened, even if we were a year from now, they would just put UCF, they just put them at five or six or something like that. It'd be like, man, right. they're really good, but their top to bottom schedule doesn't compare to this two loss SEC team or, or whatever. So th- the only team that I think <laughs> has had a chance to crack that nut would have been Houston, uh, I guess, was it two years ago? When yeah. they beat Oklahoma and opened the and season, they, when they were coming Louisville. off of Florida State. They were coming off of beating Florida right. State too. And so you have to have one of those wins and you got to have, an Oklahoma yeah. type opponent early on. And it's just hard to do from year to year. It's like, you know, maybe right. the team that you schedule just, you know, like UCF next year plays Pitt, North Carolina, North Carolina had been halfway decent. They fell off a cliff this year. We know, you know right. Pitt's you've been mediocre for the most part in their entire history, but you know, it's like, it's not going to be good enough. You know, it doesn't matter if it's Georgia tech or whoever, you know, it's unless you just happen to have an Oklahoma type opponent that, you know, top five at the, at the time, it's just, 
you know, just kind of a demoralizing thing when you look at it every week and you're like, you know, yeah, you want to hang on to your coach. You're going to do everything you can to, to, you know, keep him here. But, you know, he sees that after a while, it's going to be like, you know, I'm gone. <laughs> this is, you can only do so much here. Yeah. When you hit that, you're going to hit your head against that ceiling over and over. It would have been interesting this year. USF was originally scheduled to play Wisconsin at Ray J this year. Ray, uh, that game was pushed back by Wisconsin. And they basically told USF, you know, either push it back or we'll buy you out. So USF go, all right, well, we're, we'll push it back. Um, if, if what, I, what, I, what I, I really would have, li- I mean, and, and, and UCF fans have debated this, of course. Oh, you know, you want you people, some people want USF to lose every game. Some other people are like, well, no, we want, we want the Black Friday to be as huge as possible. I wonder where things would be right now if you guys had not lost to Houston. That would have been right. inter- interesting to see. You know, I assume just because of maybe the schedule, maybe UCF would have been ahead, but that, that would have been interesting what they would have done with that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll never know, I guess if, if it had been, if they had both been doubled up and coming in, I think if USF is 10 and out, if they don't concede on fourth and 24, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think they are definitely ranked at this point. I would put them below UCF, maybe right around Memphis. I would say like nine, 19 to 21, somewhere right in there. Um, but still, I think they're still a, a step behind UCF certainly because I, you, first of all, USF schedule this year is dead last and out of conference strength of schedule. Um, so that's dragging you down. And they, you know, quite frankly, in the, in this side of the league, we've had the easier test. You know, we didn't have to play Memphis this year and you guys, you demolished Memphis who is, you know, and you might have another chance to demolish them yeah, again, well, you know, in like 10 days. When, when, when you say that, when I'm looking at the tiebreaker scenarios of who hosts a conference championship game, I mean, in my opinion, if USF beats UCF, you guys should host. I mean, Absolutely. you, you did what Memphis couldn't do. And then your reward is going to Memphis to play that game. I mean, I know what the rules say, but that's to me, if you just look at the eye test and say, if, if you guys went on Friday, you guys should, should have been hosting. Yeah. And, but you know what? Knock the ball down on fourth and 24. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I watched that from my phone. It was during a half, whatever week that was UCF was playing, went back in the locker or the, um, the media room at halftime and, and was watching that on my phone. I'm like, what's going on? And I'm watching this play. I'm like, no, there's no, no, for no, they're not going to convert that. I was just in disbelief. I'm like, my God, my goodness, that is the demoralizing way to lose a game. And I, I was rooting for USF. I, I, when I see how the early part of the season was going for both schools, I wanted this game to be undefeated on both sides. So it still is a huge matchup that doesn't really take that much away from it because it is a winner take all to get to the, to the championship game. But that would just been, that would have made this, that would have made this game even more made more amazing than it already is. Yeah. I, and it is going to be, I, the, here's the thing. I, I, Pat, I, I forget. I think it's Pat Riley who says this losing hurts worse than winning feels good. And I kind of think that that's how it, it's going to feel on Friday. The loser of this game is going to be absolutely devastated no matter who it is. And the winner is just sort of going to be like, okay, well, this is where we're supposed to be and we're supposed to I be mean, playing in the Peach Bowl. And so it's going to hurt bad for somebody on. I mean, yeah, because whoever loses, I mean, I don't know what the bowl situation is going to shake out. You go from potentially a New Year's Six type bowl game to the bad boy, you know, gas. Gasparilla Bowl or whatever they call it. I mean, realistically, that could be what is on the line, you know, either or. So that's a big punch in the gut. I mean, I, I would think maybe one of these teams, I know, I think Hawaii's in the mix this year. You know, it's that, that's a good trip for, for players. I mean, it's very hard to get to for you know fans and media, very expensive, right. but but that might be an option for whoever kind of, you know, maybe they give someone the choice of just getting that experience if uh, whoever loses. 
that would be nice. And Bokeball is another option. I I know that the the bad boy Gasparilla Bowl though, they're gonna want a draw with the new sponsor this year with the new turf that they have at the Trop. They're they're starting to build a little bit around the area. I think I think they're gonna try and get one of us. They're gonna lobby hard now. Whether how effective that is, and it's gonna come down to ESPN. Yeah, yeah. You you UCF's been to that ball game a lot. Fans hate the trop. They they hated their social media director a couple years ago. Who I remember that went after (laughs) UCF and people say they'll boycott the game. So I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. I certainly hope that's not in the cards for UCF this year. (laughs) So uh, let's talk about Friday. I am, of course, as any USF fan should be, um, at least the rational ones, uh, legitimately terrified of your offense. It is one. It is beautiful to watch. It looks like USF last year. They are just so efficient. You feel like they can score from anywhere on the field at any time. They have playmakers all over the place. Uh, Killens, apparently Killens was a kid who almost came to USF. I didn't even realize this until later. Yeah, it was I, actually, if if I recall, I mean, he was one of the first guys that, that Frosherly went after, but he visited both schools in one day and I think committed to UCF that night. I forgot how it was. He was, he was looking to commit. I think he, he maybe, he went down to Tampa, took an unofficial visit. And then it was done. He came straight to UCF, took the visit and then committed that night. Wow. But you know, if, if Frost hadn't got the job, I mean, this was not a guy that you see, well, at least with O'Leary was, didn't see this, you know, small guys like this guy's got no, no, uh, no room in our, or in our school, but he would have gone to USF. If Scott Frost wouldn't have been the coach, he probably would have been a bull right now. That's unbelievable. And, and it just shows you how, you know, razor thin these things are. So Milton, I didn't think Milton was going to be that great. Um, he, I don't think any, I mean, he wow. is playing lights, lights out. out. I mean, just his decision-making his release, how he can make plays. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens with offensive player of the year. I mean, people might look at stats and, and Riley Ferguson, but you know, McKenzie hasn't even played in the fourth quarter of the majority of games this year. And what he's been able to do is nothing short of miraculous. When you saw him last year, it's just, uh, I, how much better can he get? I mean, that's, you know, the fact that, I mean, yeah, we all talk about G five bias or whatnot, but really with the season he's having, he should be getting more uh, national accolades than, than he's getting right now. So before the season, you could have bought Quentin flowers for the Heisman trophy somewhere between 45 and 80 to one. Um, if I can get those kind of odds on Kenzie Milton next year, I'm in, I'm buying, <laughs> I'm buying. That's for sure. So, um, I, I, uh, I, I'm like, offense. It's unbelievable. Um, to be fair, I think this conference also has not really defended real well as a whole. We're not quite big 12 bad on defense, but we're close. And so um, I don't think UCF has seen a team that can get pressure the way that USF can. I think, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be as easy as I mean, I don't think you're putting up 60 and 70 on Friday. However, I don't think you're going to need to put up 60 and 70 because your defense, of course, is also very, very good as well. Um, you know, Shaq Griffin is probably going to be the second best lineman we've seen this year behind Ed Oliver. And they're able to get pressure. They can stop the run, which is, you know, so much of what USF does. They've got to be able to run the ball effectively between the tackles. And I, I think UCF is going to do a, a, a better job than most teams of stopping that because that is the action that for better, or for worse. And people have argued about USF's um, play calling and, you know, entire game plan and scheme this year with, with, uh, offensive coordinator Sterling Gilbert, but what they seem to want to do is they want to jam it, jam it, jam it, and then and then bounce it outside, either pull it and bounce it out, or or use the width of the field and throw it downfield, um, pump and goes, things like that. Uh, I think that you know it's it's interesting because both teams really haven't been tested, 
and this will be the best team that they've played and how they react to that. Um, on talent, I think UCF has the talent, but on game plan, I just think UCF's game plan from what I've seen this year is just so far superior. Well, the only game that really was a game was for UCF was, was Navy. And, and that right. was, that's going to be where, yeah. And that's tough. I mean, cool. everyone knows you prepare for that kind of offense and, you know, and if you get into a close game with those guys late, but you're, you know, more and SMU a little bit, you know, UCF had, well, they had opportunities to kind of put, put the game away, did not, and, you know, had to get a back to back defensive stops to kind of put that one away, but it, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, you're right. You know, the amount, the amount of blitzing and, and all that kind of stuff that USF does. I don't think they've really seen that this year. Um, but what, what I do love is how just kind of how this has gotten more interesting. I know we were talking about this before I, I we officially started the podcast, but the fact that Charlie strong and his, his remarks today, I'm sitting here and, you know, and we're trying to, you know, I, you know, we, we do what we do. We try to you know, rile up our own fan bases and stuff like that. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, be honest, I mean, you know, no, like I, I, could, I, I could rashly watch, you know, Charlie strong press conference. I would have, I, I Sure, would have watched or listened to it later on, and whatever he said about Shaquem Griffin, I just you know I wouldn't even have given it a second thought. But all of a sudden, I see this tweet from from Shaquem himself, and he's like, you know, I'm not handicapped, and I'm like, what was he talking about? I'm like, oh, like oh, did really strong use that word? I didn't. I mean, I, that was kind of a lesson. I think you might have tweeted something later. It's like I I know not to use that. I I know that is is sore spot for 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 Shaquem, but I didn't realize he would have taken that kind of offense to it because you know if you read the full content or you hear the full comment it wasn't meant in a derogatory manner right um, and charlie strong i'm sure he's he's i'm sure he's very upset that you know he you know might have said that i know he didn't mean it that way but that just <laughs> you know i kind of fanned the flames a little bit i did retweet what you know you kind of were saying and you know obviously i know it wasn't intended that way but i you know that's when you're talking about players getting hyped up and it's a rivalry and trying to find something from the other team that you know pisses them off i mean <laughs> that did kind of make it a little bit more interesting because you know this week and you know media coverage and you're interviewing players and coaches like you know the thing i keep on asking about just to see what they'll say is i'm you know bringing up taggart and what they what he did last year and you know i guess ucf went you know four and out trying to you know see if they can score and so they're you know they were backed up on the um on the other side of the field and so it, it was a short field i mean usf right. you know they, i think ucf was out of timeouts at that point i mean i forgot i forgot what the full clock was but you know usf started running plays as fast as they could just to kind of see if they could score and with 11 seconds left they did and i think it was offensive coordinator troy walters for for ucf i think he was the most visibly uh, animated and he ran after Taggart and was like we're not gonna forget this we're not gonna forget this and you know he was kind of you know getting a little bit animated and people had to hold him back and you know frost was kind of saying the same thing and you know, everyone's angry and stuff oh there's a right way to do things in a wrong way you know and so you know but it's kind of it's hard to you know Taggart's gone so you know Right. I don't think anyone really has an issue with Charlie Strong, um, you know, and, and things that he said. So it's just kind of funny how how this goes. I, you know, I don't. I'm sure, I'm sure Shaquem knows that you know it wasn't meant in that way. But if he wants to get fired up about it, and the fans want to get fired up about it, you know, it just makes it fun. <laughs> yeah, I I know when I when sometimes when I hit the tweet button, I know I'm gonna rile it up. I have a rule though. I I gotta absolutely believe it in my heart and soul before I hit send. I gotta like. I, I don't have that problem. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just coming at it from two, like totally different. Like I gotta, I gotta actually like consciously believe what I'm saying before I put it out there. It might be wrong. I'm I'm not saying I'm always right, but um, I, I gotta like actually feel it and believe it. And so 
um, yeah, that's a, that's a word you're not supposed to use. But I, and I, and from my mentions today, I could see a lot of people don't know that and that's fine. And that's cool. Yeah, I did. I, I kind of knew it, but I, when I think you retweeted something, I, I mean, I, I learned yeah. something today just based on right. that. I, I kind of knew it, but I didn't know to, to the degree of, of how people feel about that specific word. Yeah. And so when, when it goes out there, I'm like, all right, well, you know, but this is, this is a simple fix. It's like, obviously this is something that he wasn't aware of, or he clearly was not trying to disparage the kid. So just go, you know, I'll, Sorry, I used the wrong term. But, you know, he's a great player. I, I admire him, what he's done, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, and, and we, it's, we as media, and I mean, cool. and it's, it's like, cool. you know, it's it's just, it's it's tough because, I mean, we as media, we, we kind of patronize him a little bit because we're asking questions. He gets a fantastic interception in the last game, and I was guilty of it today in interviews, you know, with you know, defensive coordinators talking about all the turnovers. I'm like, well, what about Shaquem's over-the-shoulder interception? Because we know how amazing it was because right. he only has one hand. And so it, it kind of, you know, and, and UCF's got a lot of national publicity, you know, different national features from Sports Illustrated and whatnot just because of Shaquem Griffin and the fact that he's playing amazingly with one hand. So it's one of those things that everyone knows about and talks about. It's just using that one word, I guess, kind of hit a sore spot with him today. For sure. Um, so. What do you see if, if you had to pick a weakness in what UCF does? Where is it? What side of the ball? And where would you attack if you had, you know, the standard offensive playbook and the standard defensive playbook with average players on all side? Where would you look to attack UCF if you're the opposing coach? That is a great question because there hasn't been very many areas where UCF has actually been exploited this year. I think at times, I mean, the offensive line has made leaps of improvement. It, it will be interesting to see if, if you can get to McKenzie Milton and rattle him a little bit. He's for the most part been relatively untouched. I mean, the entire season. I mean, the offensive line didn't even give up a sack. I can't remember how many games it was, but there was at least four or five games before they gave up a sack. Wow. And, uh, well, maybe it was three or four. I don't know. I, I don't have these stats in front of me, but, but for the most part, they've done an excellent job protecting him. I know, you know, UCF a different, uh, USF a different blitz coverages and everything. They, they do a good job pressuring the quarterback. So if, if they can kind of get him rattled early, that's one thing that he hasn't had to deal with that. He dealt with a lot last year. He'd get hit a lot. He'd get rattled. He would try to force plays you know, that hasn't happened this year. So you kind of wonder if, if they kind of get to him early and get him rattled, that kind of can change his, 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 his demeanor and his decision-making. That's just something we haven't seen this year. So I'm kind of wondering if that's sort of, I mean, obviously it, anyone, any, any defense would try to get to pressure the quarterback and rattle. But if USF is successful with that, that could be interesting because the whole lack of turnovers this year on his part has pretty much been because he hasn't been pressured all that much. Yeah. USF done a, the, the, the thing that the USF defense has done and they are, you know, they were terrible last year. Brian, Brian Murray's coming as defensive coordinator, really turned it around. They've done a, a, you know, they were a triple digit, you know, by most measures of efficiency last year. And now they're, you know, probably a top 20, top 25 defense in the country. So they've done a fantastic job, but what they've really done well is they've been able to get pressure with four. And that has been the difference because they're when you don't have to bring that extra blitzer and you can still maintain and play a lot of zone coverage. But um, when you can stay back there and not have to to get after it with that with a fifth and a sixth guy that's going to give Milton an open an open hot read to throw to. Um, so if USF can get pressure, but not only just get pressure, but do it without blitzing, if they can do it with just four guys and then occasionally send a you know a corner offer or bring a safety down and, 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 you know, fire up, fire through the gap that would help too. But I really would like to see USF be able to, to win at the point of attack with just four guys 
and put some pressure on Milton. And hopefully I've, I've seen a couple of passes he made this year where I've been like, Oh, that's, you know, not many, but in the games that I've watched, I've seen a couple where he uncorks one and I go, Oh, that's kind of a mistake. Quentin certainly makes more of those throws than Milton does. That's for sure. But I've seen a couple where he looks like he might be a little bit vulnerable. If USF can find a way to get some pressure, Hey, who knows? The, the thing is, though, if they really just pin their ears back and come after it, then you can just run draw play with Killens all day, and and we're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're Otis Anderson, who is another guy who's right. kind of been that home run threat for UCF this year. Sure. I mean, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. I mean, you know, when, when years ago, and you know, you always kind of think, you know, UCF and USF are those up and coming Florida programs, and there's no reason, you know, that you know the sky's the limit for both. So, I mean, I've always kind of dreamed of, of a game like this. You know, both teams, you know, going at it with with something on the line, and and you know, it's it's this is gonna be, you know, we'll see how the game lives up to it. But you know, none of the other matchups has. Has, has had the hype that this one's going to have. It seems like at least in the past few years, you know, USF was good and UCF was garbage or UCF was really good. Right. And USF wasn't that good. All that, that 2013 game is a lot closer than a lot of people thought it was going to be. But Ooh, I yeah. mean, the games haven't been that, that interesting in all honesty in terms of where both programs are. So I'm really looking forward to this. You know, I don't, I don't, we both got our own issues with fan support and attendance. And, but you know, they, there's, you can't make any, any uh, arguments this week because it's a sold out crowd. So I'll be curious to see how many USF fans make that trip. Um, I just hoping the weather kind of cooperates with us uh, and not kind of have one of those rainy days. Like it might be forecast right now, but I, I'm, I'm pumped. I mean, this is, this is the biggest home game in my opinion in UCF history. I, sure. I, absolutely. I really think so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, not even close. And like, you know, it, it's just getting, it's a great atmosphere. I, so we and we had talked about this with the the black and gold Banneret guys as well. Would, would this game be better off not being played this weekend so that we could have some more students there? Because you know, actually, on a on a year that's played at Ray J, it might even be better to not play it on Black Friday because then we could fill a bigger stadium. You know, you guys, what do you guys hold about forty three? I want to yeah. say. Yeah, I I kind of go back and forth on this. Um, you know, when obviously when UCS you know, been playing really well and 2013 was a sold out crowd and students found a way back. Of course, I think that game might've been at eight, it was seven, eight o'clock. Okay. It was a, it was a night game on black Friday. Right. Um, I'm not sure exactly what to expect. They were still student. They were kind of doing it differently where, you know, previous games of students show up, you know, here, you can sit here, you know, just show your ID at the gate. They wanted students to get tickets in advance. And I know they had at least 900 uh, uh, tickets left going into today, which is, kind of disappointing, but you kind of realize, well, a lot of these people, are, a lot of these students are going home. And for the most part, the, and, and you know, I'm sure the same with the USF, the fans who are the students who are most passionate about athletics are the people who are probably, you know, from out of town, the people who are going to UCF and USF to traditional college experience, moving in, living in a dorm. They're not the people who, you know, live and work in the city and all that kind of stuff. So it's, right. they are impacted by, you know, moms and dads wanting their kid to come home for Thanksgiving and stuff like that. So <laughs> they can't exactly always sneak, sneak, sneak away on the next day. So it'll be interesting to see how that is, but yeah, I, I could see that, you know, selling out would never be an issue. Uh, you'd get uh, you know a lot more fans on both sides, but you know, it's, I mean, if, if you're, if you're a fan that likes to travel, if you're a parent, if you're media, I like having it on Thanksgiving weekend. I mean, cause if you played in October, that meant, you know, this week and you'd be playing somebody else. You, you potentially have to go on the road. You'd have to go to temple, potentially UConn, 
it could be really cold. I mean, heck, it'd be cold in Cincinnati, some of these places. Um, the expenses of traveling Thanksgiving weekend is enormous. So, you know, personally, I like having it now because I know every other year, you know, I'm either staying at home or I'm just driving an hour and a half to Tampa, and that's fantastic. Um, I, I, I like that cause I'm going to be at every single game home, home and away, but I, I understand, I can't, I understand the point, but you know, I black Friday though, if it's in the right time slot, I hate that noon game. I know you guys I know we had one last year at, at, at Raymond James and stuff, but you know, if it's late enough in the day, I personally like it, but I, I kind of see where those other guys are coming from. Gotcha. All right, Brandon, we're reach out here with this, um, predictions on and off the field for, uh, Friday. Uh, what do you see happening um, between the lines and then parking lots, the, the mall? What, what's the, how's, how's the mall going to look? Are we, you know, over under on arrests? Uh, what do we <laughs> so let's set a line? You here. know, I have never done this, but I probably should is like, you know, next Monday, like go down and give me like the arrest report, you know, like the, you know, what happened at the game. I, I, I'm sure it's public record. I mean, I'm sure they'd have, oh, to, yeah. have, have to hand it over. So I would be curious because yeah, there was something, there was a fight. I, I kind of, there was someone was suing the school. There was like, a, I remember one of those seasons that you said there was a fight and someone got like their eye gouged out or something oh and had like blindness or something. There's been some intense oh. stuff going on, but it's, it's not going to be pretty. I, I just hope that, you know, all those, you know, off duty police officers, they can hire to do security. Hopefully they're back in town from Thanksgiving. Cause they're going to need every single one they got. Um, yeah. you know, and I I'm hoping, um, this year that you see, well, you know, UCF doesn't, uh, put a big bold sign that says here is the USF athletic director's vehicle, because that's what they did a few years ago. That's the only reason I don't know. I mean, I don't know who slash who's tire, but there was a big sign that says reserved for the USF AD. Okay. And it was an area where fans leaving the stadium would walk right past it. So that was not very smart. Um, so we'll, we'll see if anything tops that. I kind of doubt it. Um, I think UCF is going to be as prepared as they can from a security standpoint. Hopefully no one tries to, you know, harass anyone at the Holiday Inn Express on an LFA trail. Um, but, uh, but on, on the field, I am just, you know, with the way, you know, UCF people talk and, you know, everyone's fired up, it's a rivalry game. And, you know, I really have no reason to think that UCF is super vulnerable. I think they are a little bit, but it's not to the degree where I feel that, you know, UCF is going to lose. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not saying it's, it's a lock by any means. I think UCF will still be able to score. I'm going to say UCF will still score maybe in the 40 range. And, you know, I think USF is, is going to score too. I'm going to go with maybe something like 48 to 31. I, I have no idea. Just something in maybe the upper forties and USF in the maybe upper twenties to low thirties. Okay. Um, you know, I don't know, you got them you know, okay. Yeah. I, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I, I'm terrible with those things and, you know, but every week it's like, you think it's a trap game for UCF or, you know, this is, they're not going to be clicking this week. They're going to turn the ball over much every, but every week they don't. And they, they played amazingly. I mean, when you look at the stats, I mean, you kind of have to throw those out the window when you look, look at it. Cause you know, the starters are pulled and you know, the third, third string guys were allowing some touchdowns late and, you know, they kind of sometimes make, they'll make the stats look as good as they could. But, you know, for the most part, there really isn't a game this year where you can say that any of the, you know, there's been better games than others. Don't get me wrong, but you know, they've, they've proven it every previous 10, 10 games this year. And, you know, until I see otherwise, it's kind of hard to go against them. 
So a uh, little, little memory here, Brandon. Uh, in 2013, I had a, took a bus over. Now I, some of my friends are taking that same bus over for the game this year. We rented out a chartered bus and did the whole thing. Now I'm not doing it this year because I'll be in the press box for the game and I don't want to um, have have them wait for like me to have to write a game or everything for like an hour plus after the game. So going over, but I'm not on the bus, but I was on the bus in 2013 and I sat in the stands and uh, somebody gave me a heads up. Hey, Woolworth's tires got slashed. <laughs> so I broke really? the story on Twitter. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't remember how it went. I just remember some of I getting a rental car. Or they oh yeah. Something, or they, like, they borrowed a car or did something. Yeah. So somebody gave, I got it and I got two people. And so I broke the, that story from the stands really drunk, like really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I had quite a few pops in me. I was fine to be drinking because uh, I was not in the press box that day, but um, kind of a kind of crazy and just I, kind of, I don't you, I, I don't I don't oh. condone that kind of behavior but I mean that's a, that's amazing I mean that that's the thing that we're talking about you know years later we'll be talking about it for years to come it just kind of adds a dimension to it I mean people like to poison trees at tumors corner and whatnot but I mean this is great I mean you just don't physically harm anybody but if you slash the ad's tires I mean you know I'm sure oh, he's got insurance, no. you know oh, <laughs> print, print. I think I I think that's that's where I hate the, and I think that's just right there. Like the that I think is why USF fans are like, all right, we'll we'll tailgate at a Holiday Inn Express. I think it's just <laughs> a different. I think there's just a. I've always said this. It's just a different culture. Um, UCF has been, and I think it has. It's gotten a lot better from what I can tell. You know, I think Danny White and Scott Frost, who have been two fantastic hires, who have done an incredible job for you guys. I think they've sort of like lifted the the boats a little bit. I, I it is different. It's still, I mean, very raw. Like I think if you if you went out there, and I know you guys have dealt with this, and when you've played some non conference games too, where people go, "Wow, UCF fans are really." intense we'll say <laughs> um, that's one way to put it it's real there's a real intensity and it, i mean it's it's crazy like you know i've uh, i've seen crazy stuff at, at west virginia but except for going to west virginia and, and some crazy stuff happening to me at a road game there i've never seen anything like i've seen at ucf and you know so when you're in that class of a fan with with the mountaineers who are the standard in terms of crazy and you know <laughs> burning couches and things like that. It's, it's been nuts. So I, I think, but it has changed and I think it has got it softened up a little bit. And I think the part of that is because both teams are kind of in the same boat now, whereas before, you know, you guys were sort of more the underdog. We were, you know, we looked down on you, you know, one four in a row, da, 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 da. Now I think people see it much more on an even footing. And I think that sort of out of that weirdness has come some sort yes. of respect almost. I can't believe yeah. I'm actually using that word, but yeah, it's yeah. Right. well, I agree. We're, we're both, we're both in this together, so to speak. And, and it's none of that, you know, I think that just irritated UCF fans to no end, just the, the arrogance in the early years. And, you know, we're above playing you. We don't want to acknowledge that you even exist. And UCF's like, heck, we've had a program longer than you have. I know the, the, the from the one, a level, not many years before that, but you know, that just grinded people's gears so much, but you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, this is going to be an amazing atmosphere, amazing game, two really good teams for the first time going at it. I'm so happy it's on national TV, ABC, just it's going to be showcased. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. It's been an amazing year, regardless of what happens. It's just 
kind of stinks for the loser, you know, whatever yeah. happens, it's going to be the difference potentially between New Year's Six and the bad boy uh, mowers Gasparilla Bowl. So. Well, we love Gasparilla out here in Tampa, but we do not love the Gasparilla Bowl. That's for <laughs> sure. So, all right, Brandon, I appreciate the time, my man, and I will see you on Friday. I would wish you luck, but I'd be lying. And um, <laughs> we will, winner, winner goes, well, you guys would host. So we will hope, hopefully we're on a plane to Memphis. And uh, I know you guys will um, be looking forward to a rematch if you can get there with the, with the Tigers, who you have already beat the hell out of once this year. So, well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me, Colin. I've always enjoyed your work. Uh, I know I'd like, I do. I, I, kind of push the envelope and rolling up the fan base because I think it's funny and you do the same thing, but you're very intelligent, you very logical and you know, I appreciate what you do out there and stuff like that. I, I don't think the UCF fans like you very much. I don't I'm probably not very well liked either by USF fans, but that's okay. But I I, I respect you. I respect the USF program. I honestly always have and like I said, I think even from the media standpoint, we just kind of feel like we're in this together now. We want to see each other do well to a certain degree, I guess you could say. And yeah, I look forward to seeing you in the press box on Friday. Let's have some fun, man. It's going to be a good one. Looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, Brandon. Thanks, buddy.